everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to subscribe to our Journey Callaway YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more for you right there. Let me start by wishing all you moms a happy Mother's Day. You are loved and you are appreciated way more than you know. And in many ways, you exemplify what I want to talk about today. So let's start with this. What defines a life well lived? If someone asked you for a roadmap to living life well, what would you tell them? Now, I may or may not know you, but I know this about you. When you reach the end of your life, you want to look back to find a life well lived. Not every person wants that to be true, but by virtue of the fact that you're watching, I know that's true of you. Moms, one of your greatest desires for your kids is that they'll lead a life well lived, isn't it? That's why you sacrifice so much for them. It's one of the reasons you invest so much time instilling values and discipline into your kids because you understand this. You understand that a life well lived, well, it requires wisdom and intentionality. It requires the wisdom to know what matters most in life and then the intentionality to prioritize those values and decisions day after day after day. So for the next three weeks, we're going to discover together a roadmap for what leads to a life well lived. And today I want to focus your attention on the question that will help you get started in the right direction. I have never met a person who lived a significant, meaningful life who didn't know the answer to this question. Now, as we talk about it, you may not have an answer to it yet, or you may have been ignoring the answer to it, but I'm going to encourage you to wrestle with this question because it'll not only change you, it'll change the lives of people around you for the better. The best way I know to introduce this question is for you to see it in the life of a man who figured out for himself how to live his life with purpose and meaning. But first, let me give you a little backstory. In 605 BC, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, marched into Jerusalem. He destroyed the city. He destroyed the walls around the city. Eventually, he destroyed the temple. And he took a large portion of the Jewish people, including the best and the brightest of their youth, and he took them back to Babylon. So now Jerusalem is both destroyed and abandoned. Fast forward to 444 B.C. King Artaxerxes is ruling, and while some Jewish people have been allowed to return to Jerusalem to their homeland, many of them have not, including the man we're going to look at today. His name is Nehemiah, and he serves King Artaxerxes in the Persian capital of Susa as the palace cupbearer. But God had a bigger role for Nehemiah than just being a cupbearer, and fortunately for us, Nehemiah journaled what took place that helped him discover his purpose. And in the very first few pages of his journal, he introduces us to this question that leads to a life well lived. Here's what he wrote at the very beginning of his journal. He said, The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, you know, serving the king, he says, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah, which is where Jerusalem was, with some other men. And Nehemiah says, I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile. In other words, the people who had moved back to Israel and survived that move. And then Nehemiah says, I also questioned them about Jerusalem, the condition of the city. See, Nehemiah had never seen Jerusalem, but some of his family, including his brother, had been there. And so when they come back to see Nehemiah, he wants to know, how are people doing? What shapes the city in? This tells us something about Nehemiah because what you ask about reveals what you care about. Questions always reveal values. If you want to know what matters to you, you should pay attention to the questions you find yourself asking. Nehemiah clearly cared about his people 
and he cared about his homeland because he took time to ask. But what he heard, it wasn't good. So he writes, they said to me, well, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem's broken down. Its gates have been burned with fire. So Hananiah, Nehemiah's brother, basically says, hey, Nehemiah, it's bad there. I mean, even though our people have been back for a few years now, the, the walls are still broken down. The gates are destroyed from centuries before. The people there have no protection. And Nehemiah tells us this. He says, when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah is heartbroken over the condition of the city of Jerusalem and the Jewish people. It devastates him. So he starts praying. But as you're going to see over the next couple of weeks, he's not just praying for God to do something. He's praying for God to show him how he can do something. It is easy to see something wrong and ask God to make it different or to make it right. But Nehemiah's heart has been broken, and he can't sit on the sidelines and just watch anymore. And that leads me to the question that I want to invite you to focus your attention on for the next few weeks. What breaks your heart? What breaks your heart? When you drive around town, when you're watching the news, when you're in one of our school systems, when you travel overseas, when you hear what's happening in our communities, when you see what's happening in your neighborhood, what breaks your heart? What is the thing that you can't stop thinking about because it's so emotional to you, it disturbs you? Don't ignore this question because what breaks your heart may just be what breaks God's heart too. Nehemiah's heart was broken by divine design. His heart was broken for Jewish people. His heart was broken for Jerusalem because God gave him that burden. What if God's putting a burden in your heart? What if he's breaking your heart to point you towards a life that's meaningful and purposeful and impactful? What if it's his way of showing you what to do with the life that he's given you? Listen, here's what I know. Whatever breaks your heart will be bigger than and beyond you. And it'll be bigger than and beyond what you're capable to do. But it will also point you in the direction of a life well lived. So, would you spend the next few weeks asking yourself this question? Would you discover what breaks your heart? So what breaks your heart? Well, I know the impact of this question from personal experience. You're watching today because almost 16 years ago, there were seven of us who were brokenhearted over the fact we had friends who were curious about God, but they wanted nothing to do with church because of the experiences they'd had. Now, it broke my heart that the church had become the barrier to our friends and to so many other people in this community knowing God was for them. So we decided to start Journey and try to create a church that people not in church loved to experience just as much as all of us Christians did. We wanted to be a church where people who didn't believe or weren't sure or had a bad experience in the past, where they could come and they'd want to come back the next week. And for the last 16 years almost, so many of you have had your heart broken by the very same thing. So you've joined this little movement we call Journey and together we have seen hundreds of people experience God up close and personal. It has been amazing to watch. And every now and then, when I hear one of your stories or when we watch a video of somebody's journey of faith, when we're baptizing people, I stop and I think, well, what if we hadn't have done this? What if we had never acted on what broke our heart? At the same time, I can't help but think about this. There's still thousands of people in our community who aren't in church each week, and they don't have a relationship with God that's personal. Now, they don't know that he's with them. They don't know that he's for them. They don't know that he loves them unconditionally. 
This is exactly why we're building our own facility. We went years without our own space because it wasn't keeping us from serving and reaching those people, but now we're at a point where it is. This last year has shown us that a facility is a tool that we really need, and it's a tool that our community needs. So I'm excited because our new facility is going to serve as a convention center for this community. It's going to be a great meeting space. We can't wait to make it available for businesses to have meetings and organizations to host conferences and nonprofits to hold fundraising events. Our communities want a space like this for decades, and we've got the privilege to provide it. If you're not familiar with what's going on with our building, you want to see pictures and details, you can go to 4Calway.com and you can see all of that. We've got all the renderings up there for you to look at. But I'll tell you what most excites me about this facility. I'm excited because of how many more people will be able to inspire to follow Jesus because now we have space for them. Now we have space designed just for them. See right now, and you may not be familiar with how this works for us, but we just make a space work like our elementary kids right now. Well, they meet in a concrete loading dock. Our middle schoolers are spread out all over the building where we meet because we don't have a room in that building big enough for all of them to get together. Our preschoolers, well, they're in rooms with fake walls. So just imagine what's going to happen when we actually have space designed to make it simple for kids and students and adults to connect with God. It's going to change everything. Now, I've been asked a lot, and maybe you're wondering, when will the building be finished? And I have some news for you. We're going to be in this facility by Easter of 2022. It is going to be an incredible Easter next year. And if you're not a Christian or you're just coming back and you're trying to learn to trust the church again, I want you to know we're, we're building this for you. It breaks our heart that you might not know how much God loves you, and so we're willing to do whatever it takes to create a place where you can discover that. And for the next few minutes, I need to talk to all the folks who call Journey home. So the rest of this doesn't apply to you, okay? Your takeaway today is just figure out what breaks your heart. But Journey folks, I want you to lean in and listen for a second. We have had a lot of challenges, as you're aware, over the last two years. Some of you know that in February of 2019, we began a two-year giving campaign to help fund the building of this facility. And together as a church, we committed to give $1.2 million over the last two years to help fund that facility. Well, that campaign, that time period, ended in February of this year, which was about the time we were supposed to be moving into the building. But COVID hit. We paused the building project so we could focus on serving our community, and it slowed everything down. That's fine, but now it's back up and running, and yet we've got a big challenge, and let me explain why. To date, we have received about $800,000 of the money people plan to give during the last campaign, so there's about $400,000 that hasn't been given yet, which is understandable because COVID disrupted people's lives, the building didn't get started as fast as it was planned to, and I know many of you who haven't given, still plan to give, but we're close to the end of this project now, and we still have a $400,000 gap. And then, as many of you may be aware, construction costs right now are skyrocketing. Lumber, conduit, piping, you name it. It all costs double or more what it was a year ago. Now, the great news is this. Our contractor did an incredible job. He got almost all of our prices locked in prior to this big price hike. But there is some work for the facility that we weren't able to get locked in, and that's created about $450,000 in additional expense we didn't plan on. So I'm telling you all that as somebody who calls Journey home because you need to know we've got a funding gap of $850,000, and 
And to finish this facility, we got to raise that much money between now and January 31st, 2022. So here's what we're going to do. Today, we're launching a new giving campaign called For Our Neighbor that's going to run until January 31st of next year. In the next few months, we all need to gather together and work together to give $850,000 above our regular giving to finish paying for this building. And all the money that's going to be given is going to be used to finish providing for our kids' areas, our student spaces, our adult meeting spaces. It'll take care of things like furniture, supplies, tables, chairs, audio equipment, lighting, video equipment, all of those things. Now, $850,000 in nine months, that is a big challenge. But with God's help and all of us giving sacrificially together, we're going to get it done. So here's what I want to ask you to do. First, would you just pray about how God wants you to participate in this? For a short period of time, we're all going to need to make sacrifices to give. And while a few of you may not be in a position to help, I hope all of us can participate in some way. Now, if you already give to Journey, thank you so much for doing that. And please, don't just switch your giving to the building. That actually doesn't help us any. Pray about what you can give in addition to what you already give. And then two weeks from now, by May 23rd, I'm going to ask you to share with us how much you intend or plan to give towards the building over the next nine months. And you can go to 4Calway.com, 4Calway.com, and tell us right there. Now, if you were participating in the last campaign and you haven't completed what you plan to do, but you still plan to do it, just include that amount in your new plan, okay? Just assume you get a fresh start and let us know you're still planning to do that. Also, on May 23rd, we're going to receive a special offering, and all the money you give that day will count towards your plans for what you're going to give to the building in the next nine months. But it's also going to give us some much-needed momentum as we start to close this gap. Jen and I, we gave sacrificially during the last two years. I just want you to know we're going to do it again, okay? And next week, I'll tell you more about what we're going to give and the impact it's making on our lives and on our family in a really positive way. But let me go ahead and tell you why I think this matters so much. Because there are 28,000 people in our community who don't know God loves them, and they don't realize he's for them. And we've been blessed with a lot, and God's become very personal to us. And I just think we have a responsibility as a church to do whatever it takes to make it simple for those people to connect with God too. This facility is going to be a place where some of your kids and grandkids are going to experience God personally for the very first time. It's going to be the place where your neighbor who's going through a tragedy will come. and She's going to realize she's loved by God unconditionally. It's going to be the place where that college student is going to discover God has a purpose for their life. It's going to be a place where that married couple who's struggling is going to find God really can make their marriage better. It's going to be the place where people are going to come face to face with God's grace. And honestly, you cannot put a price tag on what that's worth. Now listen, I know you care about those people. I know because I've watched you serve and give like no one else for 16 years now. And I know you're going to join Jen and me again in giving sacrificially so we can finish this facility and have a place to inspire more people to follow Jesus. So this week, would you think about what breaks your heart and would you pray about how God wants you to participate in helping us finish this facility? Because your sacrificial generosity will change someone's eternity. I don't know of a better legacy you can leave. Your sacrificial generosity will move you to live for something beyond you and bigger than you. And that is the first step to a life well lived. 
Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey Calway app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church, be sure to visit journeycalway.com. That's journeycalway.com. Thanks for listening.